This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Let's take our Bibles and go to Mark chapter number 6. We'll find... Uh, this morning, verse number 14, Mark chapter number 6, and verse number 14. We'll begin reading there in Mark 6. The Bible says, And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. They, it means he, he heard of Jesus. And he said that John the Baptist was risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. Others said that it is Elias, and others said that it is a prophet, or as one of the prophets. And so as the message of Jesus began to spread, and the disciples had been sent out, as people were hearing more and more of him, they debated, who, who is he? For Herod, we know the Bible says in verse 16, but when Herod heard thereof, he said, It is John whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and holy, and observed him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. And when a convenient day was come that Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains and chief estates of Galilee, and when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. And he sware unto her, Whatsoever thou shalt ask me, I will give it thee unto the half of my kingdom. And she went forth and said unto her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in straightway with haste unto the king and asked, saying, I will that thou give me by and by in a charger the head of John the Baptist. And the king was exceeding sorry, yet for his oath's sake and for their sakes which sat with him, he would not reject her. And immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought, and he went and beheaded him in the prison. And brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel, and the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. Let's pray together. Father, we pray as we come into your 
as we come together into your word, that you would speak to us from it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think maybe most of you have heard the old adage, don't shoot the messenger. That is a a saying that was really traces back to very ancient origins when warring armies would send messengers one to another either to bring the the terms of the battle or offer the terms of peace or surrender to one another. As the messenger came into the presence of the enemy, it was considered to be a very dishonorable thing for an opposing army to to kill the messenger. That, That would have been a crime. That would have been a very dishonorable action. But we find that John is the Lord's messenger. The Bible said, I send my messenger before my face. He is the one who is going to prepare the way of the Lord. And so John is bringing to the world the terms of the kingdom, the terms of peace. He is bringing it primarily, of course, to the Jews. And among them is this man named Herod, who is an Edomite king. He is a king that has been appointed by the Roman government. And he has a jurisdiction that he rules over. He's a powerful man. And as we read this story, we find that Herod shot the messenger. He acted dishonorably when he was confronted with the truth. When he was given the terms of peace and offered the opportunity to come to God in salvation, instead of submitting to the king who had sent John, he shot the messenger. The events that we read of in this passage uh, concerning Herod and his wife Herodias, uh, we read about the political problems and the moral problems of these two. And it reminds us a lot of the headlines concerning the scandals of our own day, doesn't it? You would read a story like this as you're getting ready to check out at the supermarket. All the headlines that are vying for your attention. They're hoping that you you get bored in the line and decide to buy that the gossip columns and the websites and all, the, all of the chatter that goes on, all the scandal of the day was very much similar to the scandal of our day. This story is a tale of adultery and manipulation and revelry and murder. Herodias, the wife of Herod, was Herod's niece. Think of that. She was the daughter of his half-brother, Aristobulus. Not only was she his niece, but she was his brother Philip's wife. And so Herod decides that at some point he wants to marry Herodias, and he aligns himself in marriage with her. And we find here that she is a power-hungry woman, and she will do whatever it takes to put herself in a position of power and wealth and influence. We find that she is a wicked woman, and 
as a wicked woman, she's found a, a powerfully weak man to help her accomplish her purposes. Herod is powerful because he has a position in government, but he is weak. He's not a leader. He's not a man who's firm and resolute in his commitment. He has an interest in what John is saying. The Bible says he heard him gladly. He has an interest in it. He has a fear of John. He has a reverence and a respect for John. He has a reverence and respect for the truth, but he's a weak man because he's not willing to follow the truth. And so as we, we read this story, we read of the man who, who shot the messenger. And as we look at this passage, I want us to note some things about the messenger and the message. But at the same time, as we note some things about the messenger and the message, I, I think if we're believers this morning, we see ourselves as messengers. The Bible said that we are ambassadors for Christ's sake. The ministry of reconciliation has been committed to us, and we take that message into a wicked world, and we deliver the terms to the enemies of God. And by the way, we were once the enemies of God. We heard the message of the gospel, that the Lord Jesus Christ took upon him our sin. He died on the cross for our sins. He, he went to the tomb. He was buried in the tomb. He rose again on the third day, and he offers salvation to all who will believe on him. Those are the terms of peace that we would recognize that we are sinners who've offended a holy God, that we would recognize that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die to make the payment for our sin. And when we, by faith, repent of our sin and turn to Jesus, then he saves us of our sin and brings us into the family of God. And so we as recipients of that message, as, as people who've benefited and been brought into peace with God, the Bible says we have been committed to this ministry of reconciliation. God has given us the responsibility to be messengers. So as we examine this message this morning, we need to understand God's called us to be messengers. But not only do we see that, we see how Herod heard the word and how he responded to the word. And there's a warning here for us in how we respond to God and God's Word. I want you to notice some things about the message. First of all, I want you to see that John's message required courage. John's message required courage. Look, if you would, please, in verse number 18. Here's Herod. He's an appointed king from the Roman government. He's an immoral man. He's full of pride. He's full of lust. He's a powerful man. John is a prophet of God. He's the forerunner and the messenger of God who boldly preaches the truth of God. He preaches it without fear and without favor. And this is what he said in verse 18. For John had said unto Herod, It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. For John to stand in the presence of Herod and say to him and to his wife, What you have done is a sin against the holy God. That's exactly what he did. And that took courage, did it not? That took courage. You see, John, he, he preached without fear or favor. He preached the truth 
without concern for how Herod and his wife would treat him or react to him or respond to him. He preached the truth without trying to soften it so that they would not be offended by him. He, he wasn't trying to make his message more palatable or more acceptable. He, he wasn't afraid, on the other hand, of preaching the truth, wondering about what was going to befall him. He simply understood his role. He is a messenger who has been sent with a message, and it is his job to deliver the message. And it takes courage to do that. He preached without fear or favor. He preached pointedly. I mean, you can't get much more pointed than that, right? It's not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. He preached pointedly. He preached persuasively, and he preached powerfully. I think of Paul preaching before Felix, and he, he preached the message of the gospel, and he preached of judgment and things to come. But we have been committed that message. As we think about John, we understand what the, the Lord Jesus himself said concerning John. In Luke chapter 7, in verse number uh, 24, and the Bible said, And when the messengers of John were departed, Luke, uh, Luke 7 and verse 24, When the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed? Shaking with the wind? Did you think John was going to be a reed shaking with the wind? Did you think he was going to be moved by the winds of opinion and by the winds of the culture? Did you think he was going to be concerned about that? Verse 25, but what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Do you think John is more concerned about the kind of nice things he should have and what he should wear? Or do you think he's afraid of being moved by, by the opinions of men? He said, that's not the kind of man he is. Verse 26, what kind of man is he? He said, but what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not, or there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. <laughs> what kind of man was he? Well, the Lord Jesus said, he's the greatest of all the prophets. He's a bold, courageous man who is faithful to deliver my message. Now, you think about what John did. He stood in the wilderness, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to him, and he, he decried their hypocrisy. You see, not only did he decry the immorality of the political crowd, he decried the hypocrisy of the religious crowd. Without fear or favor, he preached the truth. His mission was to deliver the message he was sent to deliver, and he did so. You know, if you and I are going to be faithful ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ in this age, we've got to have courage and boldness. We need it. And by the way, most of us aren't, lo aren't looking a king like Herod in the face. Most of us are just too afraid to share the gospel with our neighbors and coworkers. Most of us are more concerned about what people are going to think about us if we gave them a gospel track than we are, you know, any, any danger of us being killed 
because we deliver the message. We're concerned that people might view us, and, and I think this hostility is only going to grow in this world, but we think that people might, uh, they might view us as, as uh, bigots. They might view us as, as people who proclaim hate speech. Why? Because we simply proclaim the message of the gospel that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life, and no man comes into the Father but by him. And so we need courage in this hour. We need holy boldness. And that's not something you work up, but it is something you pray down. It's something you pray down. I want you to look with me in, in Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4 and verse 13. Peter and John uh, have been preaching. The Bible says that the crowd saw in verse 13 the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. If we want to be bold messengers for the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have got to be people who have been with Jesus. And if we haven't been with Jesus, then we won't have boldness. In, in the same chapter, in verse number 29, Peter and John are commanded not to preach the gospel anymore. And so they came back being released, and they told the, the disciples, we've been commanded not to preach the gospel. And so what did they do? They began to pray. Look in verse 29. Here's their prayer. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. That's the threatenings of the of the, the civil leaders and the religious leaders. Behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done uh, by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Notice verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. If we want to preach the message of Christ, then we have to be with him and we have to pray in the power of the Holy Spirit that God would give us boldness. Not only do we have to pray for boldness and pray it down, but we can build ourselves up for boldness and courage through the word of God. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 7, uh, the Lord commands Joshua in verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Joshua is going to be the next leader. And the Lord says to him, you need to be courageous, you need to be strong, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Here's what we find. We find that when we are filled with, with the Spirit of God, when we pray down boldness, God will give us boldness. And when we fill our lives with the truth of God's Word, and we decide to live by it, not just know it, but to live by it, to obey it, we are given boldness through the ministry of the Word and through prayer. This message, the message of John required courage. Here's the second thing I want you to see. John's message resulted in conflict. It resulted in conflict. Notice in verse number 17, rather verse 19, 
Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. Herodias was a wicked woman. Much like Jezebel who plagued Elijah, Herodias plagued John. She wanted him killed. Why? Because he told her the truth. You see, Herodias, this wicked woman, she did not want anyone to stand in her way. She had worked too hard to obtain the power that she had. By the way, she sought for higher offices and higher authorities, but was not granted them. Here we find a woman filled with bitterness. Filled with bitterness. A power-hungry, greedy, lustful woman filled with bitterness, and she has a quarrel against John. She doesn't like anybody to stand in her way. She takes note of all who offend her. She uses people to advance her cause, and there's a lot of people on her trash heap. And she wants John killed. Notice in verse 17, For Herod himself had sent and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Well, what we find here is that eventually uh, the pressure that she applied on Herod daily resulted in his arrest. She wanted him killed. Herod trying to protect him. So he arrests her arrest John eventually because of the pressure that she applies. And then eventually, of course, we find that once she found the right occasion to ensnare her husband with the bait that she knew he would go for, we see John is killed. Let me tell you, we cannot expect as God's messengers and as God's people, we cannot expect to live a Christian life and hold to the truth of God's word and the world is going to like it. I want you to know conflict will come. Jesus said, if any man follow me, there's two things he's got to do. He's got to count the cost. He's got to count the cost, and he's got to make sure he's ready to bear it. He said, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me daily. There's going to be a cost that we have to pay, and there's going to be self-denial. And we have to be willing to bear the cost. And we need to understand that all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You see, we see this message, the message of John. It required courage. And we see that it resulted in conflict. And we cannot be surprised when the conflict comes. We're thankful for those who are happy we're here. But at the same time, we have to understand there are many who aren't. And we cannot let that move us. There are many who will oppose you as Christians if you want to live a Christian life. And you have to be willing to stand for truth. Let me give you a third thing. Not only did his message require courage and and, and not only did it result in conflict, but I want you to see that John's message brought conviction. John's message brought conviction. Notice what the Bible says in verse 16, but when Herod heard thereof, when he heard about Jesus, 
And all the people wondering, who is he? Is he Elijah? Is he one of the prophets? Is he likened to a prophet? Who is Jesus? Here's what Herod thought when he heard about it, when he heard the people in the, in the castle discussing it as he was passing through the hallways when he heard about it. He didn't think it was Elijah. He thought it was John. Why did he think it was John? Notice in verse 16, but when Herod heard thereof, he said, it is John whom I beheaded. He is risen from the dead. Here we have a man whose conscience is plaguing him. Do you know God gave us the gift of a conscience? And here's a man who sinned against his own conscience. He's under conviction. He had been under conviction. You see, as he heard of Jesus, he, 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 he thought, well, this is John. John is coming back, and uh, I'm going I'm to be judged for my sins. Again, notice in verse 20 uh, what we read. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man. That means he was a righteous man. That means John did things the right way. It means not only did John proclaim the message, but John lived the message. Do you know the world takes note of the life we live, not only the words that we speak? What do they think of you and I? Do they consider us to be just? He said he was a just man and unholy. That means he was consecrated. That means he was set apart. That means he did not participate in the things that the world participated in that would have been displeasing to God he understood who he belonged to, and he served God with his life. And when the world heard his message, not only did they hear his message, but they saw his life, that it backed up what he said. And Herod was convicted. His conscience smote him. The Bible says he, he, he enjoyed hearing him. Notice, notice again, he observed him. That means he listened to what he had to say, and he watched him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. What we find in that statement is that Herod had many different types of responses to John. I think it means that Herod was challenged, and, and Herod understood that John was proclaiming the truth, and Herod knew that, he wasn't living up to the standard. So he tried to do some things maybe to live up to it, but he didn't stick with it. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? You say, who am I talking about? I'm talking about the guy I look at in the mirror every day. We get convicted. We say, well, you know, I'm going to try that. And, and uh, it doesn't last because we haven't gotten serious about it. You see, Herod had a fascination with John. He, he admired John. But Herod's fascination and interest in John did not lead him to faith and repentance in Christ. And some people, they get fascinated around the perimeter of a church or Christianity or the Bible but they're not willing to enter into it. They're not willing to humble themselves and come before Christ and repent and turn to Jesus and be saved. You see, Herod was bound. What was he bound by? Two things. Number one, lust. 
That's obvious from the, from the narrative. Herodias' daughter dances before him in a sensual way. It provokes his lust and his passion to the point that he's willing to give this girl anything she wants. Herodias is bitter, but this guy's bound. Not only is he bound by lust, but he's bound by pride and fear. Why does he eventually give in and kill John the Baptist? Because he doesn't want to lose face with the people there. You see, he already said, whatever you want, I'll do it. He didn't expect her to go and say, okay, I'll take the head of John the Baptist. And when she asked for it, the Bible said he was sorry. Why? Because he knew that was a man who walked with God. He knew that he was a messenger who was come from God. But nevertheless, he thought it would be better for John to lose his head than for him to lose his face. Lust and pride kept him from Jesus. This message brings conviction. Do you know why the world hates what we believe and preach? Because it brings conviction to them. Do you know why the world looks at you in disdain and contempt? People who attend church, people who give of their their, their, their tithes and offerings, people who serve God and try to evangelize and give the gospel to lost souls, they think we're crazy. But part of the motivation is, is that once they see that, they are convicted because they recognize there's a difference. They're confronted with truth, and truth brings conviction I want you to see a last thing John's message required courage it resulted in conflict it brought conviction we see finally it proved costly notice in verse 21 and when a convenient day was come Herod on his birthday made a supper to his lords, high captains, and chief estates of Galilee. It's party time. We're going to have a party. And when the daughter of the said Herodias came in and danced and pleased Herod and them that sat with him, the king said unto the damsel, Ask of me whatsoever thou wilt, and I will give it thee. Hey, the wine started flowing. The party was on. Anything goes. Things lighten up. Things that we wouldn't consider doing, we're now doing and taking pleasure in them. And behind the scenes, Herodias knows her husband. She knows what is going to please him. She knows what he's going to do. And she sets the bait and he takes it. Oh, the devil is a master at setting the bait. He is a master student of human nature. And he sets the bait. And so often we take it. Herod took it. And when he took it, he sent the executioner to John's prison. John heard the rattle of the keys. He heard the creak in the doors. It opened. 
the light pierced into that dark dungeon cell, he saw the form of an executioner, and he was in the presence of God. Like that. We say, what a pity. What a shame. But it wasn't a pity and a shame to John because he got out of that prison, and he went to be with God. And his rewards are everlasting. Herod, he kept his face, but he lost his soul. He's in hell this morning. And here's the thought that occupies his mind. If only I had heeded the message. John, throughout eternity, will never have to deal with this thought. If only I had delivered the message to Herod. But we may be confronted with that if we're not willing to give the message. If we're not willing to pay the cost. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used His Word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.